Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. So Roger Clemens openly talked about the bat incident. <laughs> I have been waiting years for this, Joe's, because this kills me to this day. It's been 23 years. I'm not over it. I'm sorry. I apologize. Actually, I'm not sorry. I don't apologize. Get over it. I, won't, I will never get over this moment. But before we play some of the audio real quick, Anthony's in Morristown. What's up, Anthony? Hey, Ev, uh, you just described my worst nightmare as a future father with this book about David Ortiz. <laughs> oh, my God. So, because I'm telling you, I'm a huge Yankee fan, obviously. If that is me, I'm looking at my kid and I'm saying, we're not reading this. We're taking a zero. Right now, I'm taking a zero. I'm wearing it like a badge of honor. But then I'm going to be yelled at by my wife. Oh, you're taking sports too seriously. Let's just a No, no, no. We got to teach these kids from little. Red Sox equal enemy. I don't care. David Ortiz never give up. He should have given up. Give up. You know why he didn't give up? He had steroids. That's why. He could be a steroid letting him go. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Anthony, I'm glad that that story can be a warning for the future mothers and fathers of the next generation. Yes. We cannot allow these school teachers to indoctrinate our kids with information like that. Yeah, that's crazy. That's sacrilege. That is ridiculous, I don't tell do you. That. I looked at the back of the book, and I noticed that it's a series of books about athletes. So I looked at the back and said, all right, I'm not really offended by Ortiz, but that's my fandom. I totally respect Joe's and Eric, our last caller. And I saw in the back of the book there was a Chipper Jones book. And if that thing ended up in my home, I would have stormed the school. I think I would have gone right back to that school. I would have walked right in. I would have said, let me speak to Mr. Mrs. Blah, blah, blah. Because I'm not revealing my kid's name, teacher's name. She's, mm -hmm. she's a wonderful lady. And I would have said, excuse me, what the hell is this bleep? And I would have cursed. <laughs> what is this bleep? And I would have threw it on the desk. And she probably would have sweetly been like, I don't know what you're talking about. And I would have said, I never want to hear or see you teach this to my kid ever again. <laughs> Anyhow, since I brought up such a bad moment for you, uh, when Clemens threw a bat at Mike Piazza in 2000, and I mentioned this on the air, I lost my mind at Yankee Stadium. People said I was acting like Joe's McFly, in oh. which I screamed and hurled a lot of curse words at Roger Clemens. <laughs> and what was beautiful is nobody said anything to me. I was this 17-year-old geek in the upper deck at Yankee Stadium for the World Series, and everybody either agreed with me or they felt uh, sympathy for me, and they weren't going to, like, beat me up or anything. Oh, or they agreed that Roger Clemens was a punk. That must have been so confusing from the stands. It's like, what? Oh, I was Did very... Throw a bat out? Like, <laughs> I, I don't... Was... It's so weird watching it on TV, so I could already imagine in the stands. Yeah, it was bizarre because I saw the foul ball, and then I saw Clemens hurl the bat at Mike. And, and I've always said, I just want Roger Clemens to admit it. I want Roger Clemens to come clean and say, you know what? I didn't like Mike Piazza, and I wanted to try to kill him with a bat. That was my dream. In the middle of the World Series, I wanted to end his career and life live on national TV. So, life. yeah, yeah, because that's probably what he was thinking. Mm. So Roger did an interview with some political podcast. Like I don't even know what the hell's going on. What's the name of the podcast? Because I should give him a little bit of credit, a little bit of love, if you will, because they did pull this off. They got him on. Hold on, I have it written down somewhere. Oh, it's called. Um, 
It's called PBD. Sounds like a disease. <laughs> PBD. So they did like a two-hour interview with Roger, and, and I admit I heard parts of it uh, that wasn't about Piazza, and Clemens said some endearing things. I, okay. I do want to admit. But here's the part. It's unedited because I don't believe in like editing clips because then it's like misleading, and we'll stop it when we want to. Roger Clemens on Mike Piazza. Play it. Oh, yeah, the yeah, broken bat. And you yeah. grabbed the bat and you threw it back at him. Well, no, if I'd have thrown at him, I'd have got him. He's right. What a douche he is. I mean, I think he's right. What a, if I threw it at him, I would have hit him. This guy, this is your hero, Joe's. I think he's right. I mean, if, you think he's right. He, he's, he hurls projectiles at a place over and over again, maybe 100 pitches per game, I with, with accuracy. If he really wanted to hit him with the bat, he would have hit him with the bat. Ridiculous. Anyhow, started from the beginning. I apologize. That that sets me off right off the top. If I wanted to hit him, I would have hit him. What a, this guy is such a douche, man. Can we get him on the show, by the way, Luke? <laughs> I'll work on it. We'll cut. We'll cut this clip of you giving him some pop. Yeah, and what see a, if he likes it. Say, yeah, send it to him. What a douche. <laughs> you want to come on this Rico Bronya podcast? Here's the host. I right, play it again. Go ahead. Oh yeah, the yeah, broken bat. bat. And you yeah. grabbed oh, yeah. the bat and you threw it back at him. Well, no, if I'd have thrown at him, I'd have got him. <laughs> I, 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 I threw it on the on-deck circle, everybody. And TV made it look close. And, and, and they were saying, oh, you said it was the ball. Well, when you're 60 feet away and the bat shatters before a piece of the head, when the head first came, it, what do we know to be the head of bat? But when it first came towards me, you can see I went in a fielding position. Yeah. I, thought the, I thought it was a line drive back at me. But there was, there was a couple other guys that wanted a piece of him before that. So. Whoa, whoa, yeah, whoa, 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 whoa. Time out. What the hell was that? There's a few other people that wanted a piece of him? He like Piazza? But yeah, that's his BS line. That That's BS enough. But did you hear that? Ball. Did you hear him say that? That other people wanted to beat up Mike Piazza? Name names, Roger. Yeah, I want to know. Who else wanted to beat up Mike Piazza? Who? Uh, I'd love to know. Derek Cheater? Did that fraud want to beat up Mike Piazza? Bernie Williams? Was he going after Mike Piazza? Did Mariano, <laughs> Mariano want to punch him in the face? Is that, that's a weird line. Why the hell did he say that? Why did he say other? I'm still kind of harping on he thought that the bat was a ball. Yeah. That was the, when this happened back in 2000, Joe Torre claimed, yeah, he thought it was the ball. Like that was the, oh, the okay. walking excuse that existed. And he's still going with that. I'm sorry. Can you rewind it like a few more seconds? And I want to hear that again because he, you're right. He thinks it's the ball. He's still going with the it's the ball excuse. 23 years later. Came, what do we know to be the head of bat? But when it first came towards me, you can see I went in a fielding position. Right. I, thought the, I thought it was a line drive back at me. No, you didn't. You're a liar. But there's there's a couple other guys that wanted a piece of him before that. So hey, Everyone talks about that you threw the bat at him. It's like, no. hold on. The bat almost hit me first. Oh, shut yeah, up. Well, again, yeah, I, I've broken listen, guys. Let's, yeah. let's not make Roger seem innocent. Thank Roger, you. Yeah. Roger, you, yeah. were taunt, you were trying to get in his head as well. You were. You were. Yeah, no, you don't. You were showing you, I, toughness. The the ninety eight mile an hour fastball is what I'm trying to get in, in, into his mind. Yeah. When when I when well, he broke when the bat broke the first sphere you see I'm I'm fifty four feet away once I release the ball, and once you see that coming at you, that's why I went in filming. And of course, by fate, it takes two hops and it's in my lap, and I take it and I I don't even know he's and he didn't know where the ball was. That's why he was jogging. <laughs> yeah, blame and him. I whistled it over. That was epic. There was a there was a pitcher 
that uh, on TV it looks like it might be from uh, us, but it was it was further than that. And I said, just give me another ball. There was a bunch of stuff leading up to that to that World Series, trying to make it. It was he and I were almost a bigger story than the World Series. Why is that, Roger? And I was really pissed about that. Oh, you're but pissed. Oh, no. We also had a scouting report, which was fine by me because our guys in uh, – All right, time scout- out, time out, time out. Why was the World Series not as big as Roger and Mike? Because you beamed them in the head. Like, that's where that came from, Raj. It wasn't like the media creating something. You beamed them in the head. And by the way, you know why you beamed them in the head? I know why. Because Piazza owned your ass. He was your daddy. Look at the numbers. Owned them. Killed them. Crushed them. Trust me, I'm not making this up. So you couldn't get him out. So baby Rogers said, I'm going to hit him in the head. Okay, uh, it happens. It's baseball. Bob Gibson would be proud. Mike Piazza calls you out the next day and says, I think this guy is scum, essentially. And he, he almost tried to end my career. Mm. And he threw at me. That's why it was a big deal. And he's all pissed about that? Oh, no. They made it such a big deal. You started it. I think he had a little bit of a rage. Yeah, you think? A little bit of a... Roid rate <laughs> in that moment. <laughs> I think so. And yeah, you know, at that point, he was a uh, he was a little angry at seeing Mike Piazza there, and how dare he try to run out a foul ball? Yeah, how dare he? How about that guy <laughs> on the podcast? I don't know his name. Who actually had the balls to say? Well, everybody says it's your fault, Raj. <laughs> the back <laughs> came at you. <laughs> and whoever the host is, I give him a lot of credit. He yeah. actually stopped it and yes. said, "What are we doing here?" Apparently, the PBD stands for Patrick <laughs> Bet David. I guess that's the guy's name. Okay. Patrick Bet does like David. politics and money. Okay. He's like a financial guy, too. And that's the guy who corrected the other one? Yes. That other loser who said, oh, it's Piazza's well, fault? Those are your words. I'm letting you know. The host was the one who stepped in and said, let's not make Roger feel like a saint here. No, no, of course. He's yeah. right, by the way. Yeah, of course. My only problem is we got to press him on this. And he just says this I, BS yeah. and we just all get away well, with it. Like, here, it's whatever. Here's, here's the problem. That host hasn't lived with it in his soul for the last 23 years the way you have. <laughs> he had Roger Clemens for two hours. I don't think he wanted to dedicate the entire interview I to whether or not he wanted to throw the Dude, bat at Mike Piazza. I would Piazza. have done 35 minutes on it, and at one point, Joe's probably at the end, I would have used your line. Right at the end, I wouldn't do this early. I'd say, all right, Raj, just admit it was Roy Rage. That'd have to be at the end of the oh. interview. Because if I do that at the beginning, he's just going to hang up. <laughs> He thought it was a ball. Oh come, Joe's. What do you do? Do you think do you think he thought that? There's no way you think that's a ball. Thank you. But he thought it was a ball. So, I don't know. The it's- one the one thing I got from Roger, this was later on and had nothing to do with Piazza made me laugh. He said that Ken Griffey Jr. at the All-Star game went to Roger's kids and said, and "You'll appreciate this as a gamer." Griffey goes to Roger's kids and says, look, I got to deal with you guys. I got a little deal with you. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give you Ken Griffey Jr. baseball. I'm going to give you the game for free. You have it. Go home. Play it. Have a good time. Great game. All you need to do is go to dad and tell him just a couple of fastballs right down the middle mm. in the second half of the year. And the games are yours. And the kids went back to their dad, Roger Clemens, and said, dad, can you throw a fastball right down the middle so Griffey can get us the game? And Roger was not happy. Yeah. Roger said, don't listen to that Ken Griffey Jr. guy. He's not going to do that for him. That was my favorite <laughs> player, by the way, in the 90s. Griffey? Yeah. Even though, you know, what happened in 95. and sure. he was, I'd never seen anybody. Like, well, there's Trout. But me growing up, somebody dominate the game like that for that long. Like, he was he was it, man. What he has over Trout, and this has nothing to do with baseball, but it matters, is a smile. 
Yeah. And it was an infectious smile where everybody liked Ken Griffey Jr. I'm a Met fan. You're a Yankee fan. We liked him. Like, no one disliked him. Marketed himself really well, too. Marketed himself really well. It helped that the Mariners were good. The yes. Mariners had some really good years. Never got to the World Series, but had success. And I think that the, one of the big differences between Trout and Griffey, because, look, if you look at the stats, even I'll admit, Trout's better. I'll be yeah. the first to tell yeah. you. But Griffey had these other qualities to him. This a swing from the left side. Yeah. Oh. And just that smile. Yeah. That personality. You know, he had that. And I think that's what elevated him to that level of star, but super, superstar. Yeah. He was dope. He was awesome. And you know what? It's still Seattle, right? So that's yeah. not, no matter how good the team is, it's still Seattle. I think J-Rod is maybe on that trajectory. He so could be, I like man. Him. I like him a lot. Oh, yeah, he's a tremendous player. So, uh, by the way, I get no closure from that interview. Like, it was nice to hear <laughs> that someone asked him, but I have not achieved my closure. So, What uh, did he want to hear? I want him to come clean. I just want him to admit it and say, yeah, I was out of my mind, and I threw a bat at him, and I hated him, and I wanted to stab him with the bat. Just come clean about it and apologize. That's what I want. He All does right. that, I'll forgive him. I would. You like Costanza in the Twix commercial, you know? Uh, I want my five dollars back and apology, and for him to be fired. Yes. You just want justice. You want your pound of flesh. I want justice. He couldn't admit other stuff, so he's gonna admit that. <laughs> he's not easier to admit than the other stuff. <laughs> the other stuff is like tainting his legacy. Yeah. Oh well, yes. I mean, you try to hit somebody with a broken bat. Yeah. That could. So get him on the air, Lou. Let me know when you have him booked. All right. And uh, me and Raj will have a nice conversation then with him hanging up on me and. Whatever. Let's go to Andrew in Floral Park. What's up, Andrew? Hey, Evan. How's it going? Good. What's up, man? Just wanted to say you've been doing a great job this whole week with uh, with your better half being away. <laughs> yes. Uh, I wanted to say Thank I you. Totally I appreciate agree it. with your take on the pitch clock, 100%. And surprisingly, your takes on the Yankees as well. <laughs> I know. Surprisingly, right? <laughs> I know. I know. Listen, what I wanted to say specifically, Stanton in the outfield is the best thing he can do for himself to stay healthy. Yes. If you look at 2018 when we got him, he was the everyday right field. He played like 159 games. And then 19 he got hurt, and he never played the field again regularly. And look what happened. Yeah, and, and it's oh, yes. and it's your best team. Like Think about it, Joe. That's your, be- your best team is forget about, oh, it keeps him healthy. Obviously, that's great. You need yes. him healthy. The Yankees' best lineup, if you're concocting it with the guys on the roster, features Stanton in the outfield. And I don't even think it's very close. Yeah, I mean, you need to – it frees up your DH so you could do other things where you could get DJ, you could still keep Donaldson and see what he has in the lineup, and then you can still figure that out versus if he's clogging up the DH, which he doesn't even want to do, um, it just kind of – you know, there's somebody that's going to sit. Glaber's going to play, or is it going to be DJ? Or are you sitting down Rizzo for, you know, putting in – I. I there's always be, somebody sitting. There's You're always right. somebody yeah. that's yeah. good that's sitting, and I want to keep them out there. So, Well, let me ask you this question. I'm curious if you agree with me on this. Which of these two players has a better chance to have a big year? Like, who are you more confident in having a bounce-back season? Aaron Hicks v. Josh Donaldson. Which guy? I know. I know. Very difficult. <laughs> very, very difficult question. Hicks. Really? I do, because at least he can... see. Hicks can he can defend Donaldson can as well he can work counts I know he can be able to work and he's jeez oh I'm trying to sell myself um the thing about Hicks is that not only can he work counts is that he brings like a speed element to it so he can also be able to run the bases Donaldson it felt like he couldn't catch up with the fastball mm-hmm. 
I felt almost offended when Boone told us, you got to be out of your mind to not think Josh Donaldson. I'm like, what do you mean? What did you see? I Like, Donaldson wasn't catching up. He was cheating on the fastball, taking fast. It, well, he was getting caught with curveballs in between of everything. Fastballs right down the middle, taking mm-hmm. it all the time. And it was it's frustrating to watch. Pimping uh, pop-ups <laughs> to right field in Yankee Stadium. Multiple times. That's bad. <laughs> You know, it's so. I would say Hicks, um, but then what are we gonna do with the? I still think that my best outfield doesn't include Hicks. Right, right, right. So well, my answer, and I'll give you my reason. I don't know if I'm gonna convince you. Is Josh Donaldson? I actually think Josh has a better year, a better chance to have a bigger year than Hicks. I'll give you my reasoning. Okay. And by the way, your reasoning against Donaldson is very fair. He looked last year as a 36-year-old player who had lost bat speed and was on the decline. And you always have to worry about that. You never know when a guy's going to be on their decline. He's 37 years old. Not everybody can just inject something, Roger, and then all of a sudden in their 40s, I apologize, allegedly, allegedly, (laughs) you know what I mean. So obviously you got to be concerned about his age. But Josh Donaldson, if you look at his career, Outside of last year, take any year of his career you want, any year you want, besides last year, which I know is tough, that's a productive offensive player. It's a pre- like yes. You take his year in 21 with Minnesota, which wasn't even his greatest year, 827 OPS, 26 home runs, Like I think you'd be pretty thrilled with that. Obviously, the MVP season, that was a million years ago. The year in Atlanta where he beat my team, 900 OPS, 37 home runs. Like He's had years. In fact, I'd argue all of his years are better than probably Aaron Hicks's best year. Yes. So based on that, I'd say Donaldson has a chance to just give me one more of those than Aaron Hicks being the guy that we've basically never seen. I just, I'd rather be surprised than anything like that, but I'm not expecting it just because people don't get progressively better when they get older. It's like the other way around. So... I hope, Josh, I go into a season the same way, Evan. I want everybody to do well. Mm-hmm. I never say, oh, you know, Donaldson, even IKF. I want everybody to do well. Oh, they're I on want, your team. Yes, they're yeah. on my team. I want Until they start giving me reasons to, like, not, you know, you know, they're not performing well. You know, so it's, that's the only way to do it. That's why spring training is so, uh, you know, exciting. But, um it's hard to be optimistic when you see cer- certain things that you've seen last year, you know? So I just think that if... He was healthy, too, for the most part. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. If Donaldson is better than Hicks, it's more of a reason why Giancarlo playing the outfield makes that team your strongest team. Yeah. Because it allows DJ LeMayhew's bat to be in the lineup, whether it's at DH or Glaber's at DH. You can decide that one. But those those guys, whoever's your shortstop, put them to the side. Donaldson, Glaber, Rizzo, DJ. Yeah, that's too many guys. Unless you're using the DH spot to get somebody in the lineup, and the only way to use the DH spot to get somebody in the lineup is Stanton is playing the outfield. Yeah. So not only for his own health, as we've talked about, but for the Yankee lineup, they're better off. Yeah. John's in Flushing. What's up, John? How are you, Evan? How's everything? We're great. What's up? Real quick on, on the um, Clemens Piazza incident. When you, you, I think you and Joe may have had Piazza on a month, a couple months ago. Craig and I had Mike Piazza on last year, and I asked him about it. Yes, you, you did ask him about the conversation they had in the bullpen. 
the conversation in the book. You know, that I met. That I met. He warmed up Clemens. He was a starting pitcher for the Astros. Yes. He warmed up in the bullpen and. And they had a conversation, and both of them have never said anything about it. You know what? That's a failure on my part. Mm. Now, John, you got me on that because what what I asked Mike about in terms of Clemens, obviously we talked a lot yeah. about his career and everything else, is I asked him specifically about the World Series and the bad incident, and if he's talked to uh, Roger about it. I went really like hard on that. That's a bad job out of me because I kind of forget about that All-Star game. And it absolutely happened. So it was a few years later. Piazza's a National League All-Star. Clemens is a National League All-Star with the Astros. And Piazza caught him. And they even touched on it a little bit, very briefly, in this podcast, where Roger just said, yeah, it, you know, it was awkward. Mm. I didn't pitch well. Like, kind of okay. blew it off. But no, I never, I should have done that. That's a bad job by Lugie. How come he didn't ask me to ask him that? Uh, that is a bad job by me. I'll take the L. <laughs> but, but, but. Kidding, that's me. It's Piazza me. and Craig are buddies now, so they'll invite you up to the suite, and you can ask Mike yourself, and oh, then tell the audience. That's a good point. Redemption. I'll ask Mike on my own. I'll say, and then I'll bring it to the audience. I'll say, hi, right, Mike, let's, what the hell happened with that little meeting? Did I ask him about it? Because maybe I didn't. I forgot about it. No, nah, I don't think I did. I think it's very focused on the World Series. If you missed it last night, our very own Sal Licata had, like, an epic meltdown. Well, the guy sitting to my left, Joe's McFly, has a lot of epic meltdowns. So when we come back, we take a Sal epic meltdown, and we take a Joe's epic meltdown, and we analyze them and compare them. As John Boy would say, it's a breakdown, if you will. We'll get to that. This is what a level swing looks like. Oh, no, no, no. Don't spoil it yet. I'm just, I played a trailer. I just played a little trailer. Oh, you played the trailer again. I apologize. I didn't see it coming. I'm sorry. I'm very nervous. This is what a level swing looks like. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's Joe's. Yes, we'll hear a little bit more of that. And what caused Sal to have a meltdown last night. And, of course, Daniel Jones is going to get $40 million. We'll touch on that later as well. It's Carton and Roberts on the fan. WFAN, WFAN WFAN-FM, and (laughs) WFAN.com. They get away with that. And the only That's why that, he was forced into yoga. The only, right. he, had to, he had to get out of the wrestling business. The only thing that differentiates uh, Smells Like Teen Spirit and DDP Stong is DDP whispering, self-high-five. Mm. Like, that's it. It's the same damn song. So I don't know how the heck WCW got away with that, but... I think Raven came out to Even Flow, too, which is like a Pearl Jam song, but they just change a little note here and there, and you get away with it. No, but you really shouldn't be able to get away with it. Yeah. Like, if you're using yeah. a real song, like, that's fine. I You pay the fee, and you, you do. You get credit for it. Sure. But to take the song and just alter it slightly and make it your own song. Like, I remember this. Remember Sandman? He was in ECW. Uh, I don't. He used to drink beers and hit people with kendo sticks. That was <laughs> ECW was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it was awesome. What a gimmick. <laughs> he would come out to enter Sandman. Like, and they, they paid the money. And see, Mariana Rivera stole it. From the Sandman. Did you know that? True story. It was given to him, and he didn't even know. <laughs> he didn't even know. So, Mo, we. Go, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say that Mo, Mo was like, I listen to Christian music. <laughs> right. <laughs> I think, like, Edwin Diaz's song was given to him, too. Like, I think a lot yeah. of times these themes are. So, earlier this morning, our very own Sal Licata uh, got very upset. Because something was said to him. And I would imagine this thing has been said to him many, many times over the last few months. Essentially, a caller blamed Sal for the Mets blowing the National League East because Sal famously on SNY said the NL East is over, which obviously I did not like when he said it at the time. I told mm. him, I said, it's not over. I remember when he said it. 
And you were probably giggling like a... Like yeah, a well, I don't know. He's touching the money. <laughs> he was. He was. <laughs> so Sal has to live with that, and he owns it, and uh, is what it is. So today, apparently, a caller called in and set him off. Take a listen. Uh, you're Russ, Russ, are you that you're stupid? You're the Mets are going to win the NL East. Yeah, and, and, and what, you think they lost you because of something I said? You think they lost because of something I said? You think they lost because of something I said? You gave them the kiss of death. Russ, you idiot. You you, hey, Russ, you idiot. Do you think they lost? You're calling me an idiot. Yeah, Stop. do you you're think? Me an idiot? Yeah, I am. Do you hear me? No, no. You called me an idiot. Yeah, you, you, you are. You are an idiot. I'm not. Shut not, your mouth, you idiot. Get lost. I'm not dealing with this. I'm, I'm not dealing with it. Look, do me a favor. I'll sit here and talk to myself for five hours. So I, have to. I won't come back. I'll quit. You blame me, you idiot. I had nothing to do with it. I didn't take the mound. I didn't throw the ball. I didn't strike out. You're blaming me. Blame the players. Hey, I don't care who you are. If you think that any words that I said caused the Mets to lose the division, you're an absolute idiot. I'll tell it to your face. I mean, there is idiocy, and then there's that guy. <laughs> By the way, when he threatened to quit, Big Mac got real excited. He's like, I'll take it. I'll take that job. Nice. Oh, wow. Why did that set him off so much? Like, you have to own it. Sal made a prediction he was wrong. And people are going to blame him for the rest of time. I mean, it just... I think it's the jinx thing. Because Do you think, he jinx, you think he jinxed the Mets out of the NL East? I don't... I, I mean, he's kind of close. He's kind of close to the. He's kind of close. close to the Mets. He sent it on their network. Yeah, that's kind of close. I don't he, know. He made a prediction that I admit I was pissed off at the time. I said it to him. I had him on the Rico. I said you can't end this division. Like this division race is not over. And we argued about it. And I trust me, I did not want to be right. Like I wanted the Mets to win the division. Right. But I don't know, man. Like you can't blame him. Right. So my fellow Met fan, can you lay off, Sal? Like, seriously, he's already gotten enough of a beating. The Braves were mocking him. I think that's what bothers Met fans, too, that because then the Braves almost made it seem like this was motivating us. <sighs> and I listen, of course it's oh. ridiculous. Of course it's, it has nothing to do with Sal, but they it's just I, the, the people who believe in those type of things. All right. Well, I wrote down my notes on that rant. I've got some uh, grades on it. I give it a, an 8.2. I give it an 8.2. It was very, very high. It's a solid grade. It's but the grade. rant, like where it hurt, is it was strictly against one guy. That that guy's an idiot. That's all it was. He was going to quit. He was ready to quit. That's pretty good. Now, I went through the archives of uh, my man Joe's McFly over here, and I found one of many rants. I had a lot of options, all right? All right. A lot of options. But I decided, for our audience who may not be familiar with your work, to show this one. What are we doing? Respond. How are the Yankees going to respond in this against division rivals? Three against the Blue Jays, you lose two out of three. You got swept against Detroit. I don't even want to talk about that. You got swept against Detroit. Then you split a series that you probably should have won, you know, against against the Rays. And then you lose two out of three against the <laughs> Red Sox. You see it for the first time and show you how to hit. They show you how to hit. The Red Sox come right into your house and show you how to hit. This is what a level swing looks like. (laughs) While you guys are popping up and swinging up with your uppercut swings, the Red Sox are coming in and putting the bat on the ball with level swings, getting line drives, line to line, all night. (laughs) Oh, man. We call that the level swing rant (laughs) from one Joe's McFly. Wow, you were angry. That was a while. I don't I, until you played that, I didn't even remember that. I know I was really pissed off. Uh, but, yeah, losing to Detroit and then that happened, I could imagine why I was pissed. 
Um, <laughs> I don't know what to say. Some That's those... a level swing, mother bleeper. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to use that line at some point this season. Yeah, I, th- I think he nailed it. I think that's a, a common thought from a lot yeah. of the Yankee fans. That's why your rant was spot on. Yes. And I, you know, with all due respect to Sal, who's had many a great rant. And I'm not saying that you're a better ranter or anything like that. I'm not saying that. <laughs> So I don't want Sal to be offended. Sal's an all-time ranter. Right? Yeah. I have nothing but respect rant for his rants. Rant Hall of Fame. I'm just saying that that particular rant last night, while amazing, falls a little bit short on the McFly test. Just a little bit. Because what you did so brilliantly is you had every Yankee fan saying, preach, preach, preach. Sal was attacking fellow Met fans. Yeah. <laughs> Sal was saying, you're stupid, you morons. While, listen to Big Mac, who's like the calmest guy in the world. He's like, yeah, that kind of makes makes sense, yeah. Level swing, mother bleeper. Yes, yes, yes. Really frustrating. You know what's funny? Like, sometimes I'll look or people will send me or they'll tweet me some of my old videos. And I'm like, wow. I I don't even remember half of the stuff I say. Sometimes I just black out. And it just comes Off a regular season game, you black out. It's 162 one-game season. (laughs) How did you how did you act? Because I'm curious about this. When the Astros swept your team's rear ends. Like, was there a sense of acceptance? Because it was obvious for a while. Or were you angry after game four? Like was No, it- no, no. I wasn't after game four, I was it was like it was sad. And yeah. I was in the stadium and I stood there like I have every year since the final game of the season. I'll just stay there. Security guard comes to me all the time to say the same thing. Take as much time as you need. Are you serious? I'm serious. <laughs> I'm so serious. Wait, so you get eventually uh, kind of escorted out of Yankee Stadium after the season because you don't want to leave. Like, you're sinking in. You're kind of bringing in all the losing or something. I like pour a lot of emotion into a season. I respect like, that, bro. I you do. know, and I, I yes. like it's not only a lot of emotion, but like I watch like I, I don't miss a game, so it, it's. It's tough for me, you know, like, you know, it's, damn, man, we lost again this year, you know, it's, it's, it's tough. And I say we because I invest a lot of time, I understand. a lot of my time into this, uh, in, into this team and into the sport. So it's, it sucks. I take a time, just reflect on a lot of stuff and get really sad. So I'm kind of curious, <laughs> after the Astros ended your season again, as you're sitting there at Yankee Stadium and you're hearing all the Astro fans chant because they took over your building. They very, did. very sad. They did. I, they opened the doors. Incredible, right? To let them in. I don't Unbelievable. Know what's... what's going through your mind as you're sitting there and you're watching those Astros like dance all over Yankee Stadium? I'm like, we're going backwards. That's what, I, that's what I'm thinking. I'm like, yeah, we're going backwards, man. Like, 2017, it, it was a great run. And, it you know, fine. 2017, the cheating scandal. I don't want to hear about it anymore. I don't. That's it. Yeah, I And you. 2019... It felt like, you know, then it went to six games, and it was like, maybe the Astros were a little better. The Astros steamrolled the Yanks. Like, they, they weren't there. Yeah. Like, it was just like, it was disrespectful. That It felt like they weren't even trying. And I felt like there has to be some changes here. It can't, because this is crazy. We're not, this window right now is either closing or what's going on, but it just it just felt like there was like a finality to it, like a, you know that, um, I want to say from 2017 to like that crop 2022, it felt like 
there has to be something new from here because this looks like it kind of closed. So it's, I get um, you. it sucks. How many hours were you at Yankee Stadium before security said, sir, we're closed. Can you please leave? Uh, they started kind of like turning off lights. And they were <laughs> like, all right, let's go. You can walk out with John Sterling. You, are, you know, <laughs> we're very similar and also very different. Like, yeah. I totally get investing every moment into every game. I am like that. I don't scream and yell necessarily during games. I'm much calmer, but in yeah. my head, I'm I'm doing what you're doing. If that makes any sense, yeah. Like in my head, I'm pissed after a loss. I'm happy after a win, and I'm scoring every game. I'm doing all that. But here's the huge difference between you and I. When that game is over, Lugie Lugie knows what I'm talking about. When that game is over, I run out of the stadium like it's on fire. Oh, you're out of there. As if if I am in this stadium for more than three seconds. I'm going to die. It's like he left his stove on at home. I mean, yes. he can't wait to get out of there. Full, like, the Mets, and I know it was a weird loss in Game 3, but sort of similar in that the game was over. The game yeah. was never a question. Joe Musgrove is sticking stuff on his ear. He's dominating. Mets are dead, right? That final out occurs. I got up, and I said to my dad, who's getting a little bit older, I said, let's go. Yeah. Chop, chop, chop. And we sprinted out of City Field. I got out of there before the PA announcer was done giving the totals of the game. And you're the opposite. You be, you just left like a few hours ago. When the season ends, if the season's done, then it's like, I mean, if it's a bad loss, I'm out of there right away. Uh, but, I mean, when the season ends, it's like it's over. There's going to be more baseball being played. You start thinking, no matter what team it is or who it is or who you're going against, you always have the hope, hey, we can beat them. But you know, no matter what team it is or how banged up your team is, you always think until you lose, and then once you lose, reality sets in. Like we're done. That's any sport. No, no, I get that. I, I sometimes I've ended seasons with anger, and sometimes it's sadness. The sadness you just described. The two sadness ones that jump out at me, besides the uh, end of the regular season for the Mets at Shea, because it was the play. Uh, yeah. yeah, okay, I'll include that one. That was ultimate sadness. Was. Durant foot on the line game against the Bucks a few years ago. Sadness. Like I, I thought he hit that three. Thank you, Joe. I thought he hit that three. Oh, did, you, did, seen, did, you, seen... did you think he hit the three? No. Well, oh. I did it in the moment. I'm okay. like, oh, he hit it. The... And then they show the replay. I'm like, oh, that's tough. Yeah, it's tough. Oh, man. That's... <laughs> yeah, it's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's tough, yeah. <laughs> so I was sad leaving the building that night. I was like comatose. Oh, and the man. other one with the Mets was 06, when Beltran struck out looking. That was a comatose leave. 2000, when you guys ended my season? Oh, my God. I flew out of there. I got into a fight with a police officer. I'm so sorry, NYPD. Oh, man, no well, way. Here's my issue. All right, here's my issue. Why are we making sure that Mayor Giuliani, who's a fan of the Yankees, why are we making sure he gets to leave Shea Stadium whenever the hell he wants, okay? He's rooting for the Yankees. We don't set up special barricades so a Yankee fan can leave when he wants. And so it was hurting my exit from Shea Stadium. And I let it be known how I felt about them doing that for the mayor. Now, Well, you guys allowed George Steinbrenner to change all the furniture. <laughs> I know. So I can't even, like... <laughs> Dude, that story is epic. The best part of that story... Such a beast. He's a piece. <laughs> so he calls up Fred Wilpon and says, uh, do you mind if I bring my own furniture into the owner's suite? <laughs> I think is the story. And Fred's like, sure, okay. But my favorite part about this is, do you know how it ended? How did it end? It ended with, it's over. And Fred calls up George and says, do you want your stuff back? And he's like, keep it. <laughs> <laughs> Gangster right there. <laughs> keep it. Almost like, yeah. 
know what, I'm you good. losers? I'll let you keep that. We'll take the ring. It's the one thing you get to keep. <laughs> Dominic and Belmore. What's up, Dominic? Hey, guys. How you doing? Good, man. What's um, up? I just wanted to add to the uh, the rant debate, not whatever whatever it is, uh, callers. The best rants I've ever heard, I think, are from Omar and Artie. Oh, yeah. You guys had to say about that. Oh, yes. Two great callers who have ranted things that don't even make any sense. All-timers. That's for before. sure. Uh, Carmine and Flushing. What's up, Carmine? Hey, fellas. How you doing? Good. I am just coming back from spring training. Nice. First first time I ever went, and I got to tell you, like Cooperstown, yeah. you know, going to Fenway, going to Wrigley, this is a – it's a baseball pilgrimage. It's, it's an amazing experience. Where by chance did you go on this baseball pilgrimage? I'm a big Met fan. I went to Clover Park. I actually got there for the week of pitchers and catchers. And, boy, if you're a fan and you can do it, that week of pitchers and catchers, there was nobody down there. I mean, they're just all around. And Alonso was there early and McNeil was there early. And they're really – everyone was really nice and friendly, the staff. And the players are very accessible. Yes. Almost to the point where you're like, geez. You know, they're just walking right by. Buck Showalter is bouncing around in a golf cart. It's a really cool experience. Awesome. Awesome. Um, I agree. And I got to tell you, so I I saw a couple of the games with the pitch clock. And uh, like with the DH, you know, I'm a National League fan too, Evan. When I first heard the DH, uh, it was blasphemous. But Mm -hmm. then I have to admit, by like, you know, Memorial Day, I forgot it was even happening. And with with this pitch clock, same thing. I'm like, baseball doesn't have a clock. This is ridiculous. I hate Rob Manfred. The whole thing. I'm doing my rant. And then I go to the game, and I have to tell you, come on. When you go to a baseball game, especially at City Field, you, know, you glance around, you look at the planes. You, you know, we all kind of, I mean, I do it. I mean, I don't keep score like you do. Um, but I have to tell you, Evan, very quickly, I'm like, I found myself more engaged in the game, because mm-hmm. of that clock. Yes. This is the weirdest thing going on, and I think Mets fans and Yankee fans are going to be surprised Yes, when you go to the game live and that thing keeps popping up 20, 20, 20. If for whatever reason, maybe it is, the game isn't faster, but it sure as hell felt faster. It's almost like when you see a bad 90-minute movie, it felt like it took forever, but if you saw a great three-hour movie, Shot by well, like, but but, but guess know, what? It, it is faster. Yeah, like the is. Mets just played a game against the Nationals and they lost eleven to six. That's a high scoring game. Two hours and twenty three minutes. Awesome. The Astros just beat the Braves eleven to eight. Two hours and twenty eight minutes. So the game, the games are like flying by, and yeah, we all love going to the ballpark. It's a great time. It's a great experience. But I think over the last few years, it was getting out of hand. It was, it was. Because the games were taking long. longer. It was, And it's different. You know, it's not as if 20 years ago we were experiencing the same thing we weren't. The games got longer in the last 15 years. And so what this does is it fixes it. I'll, I'll agree with him, though. Every I feel like every baseball fan should make their way to spring training. Yes. That vibe is an awesome vibe. It's, you know, I went there. It's like you're hanging out. You're watching the ball game. It's the most relaxed that I felt watching a baseball game ever, you know? And I went So to, you don't I, treat spring training like a no, one-game player? No, 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 no. <laughs> I, I, I love watching it, like, for, like, the kids and stuff like that and what's, you know, storylines. But I went to, to Arizona. I went to uh, Florida. And they're both great. Yes. Both great. Um, 
Arizona's awesome because everything is so close. I've so. heard that. So it's, I kind of, you know, I'm kind of like uh, jealous of that. Yeah. Florida, it's a trek. Oh, dude. Before I was married and had kids and I had really no life, <laughs> I would take a week off this time of year. I would go down to Florida and I would drive from spring training site to spring training site. And it would take a while. Yeah. Like 45 minutes was considered uh, not bad. Yeah. You know, but a lot of places were an hour and a half away. But in Arizona, and I've never been to Arizona, so but I've heard this from yes. you know buddy of mine who lives out there or goes out there a lot. Everything's like ten minutes away. Everything's it's crazy. Away. But yeah, spring training is very relaxed. I'll I'll never forget the time Carlos Beltran was signing autographs for kids, and this kid says, "Hi, uh, Carlos, can you sign this for me?" And the kid was wearing a Yankee hat. So Carlos Beltran says, "No problem," and he says, "I'm gonna sign this Yankee suck," and the kid laughed, and he signs a Yankee suck. That's my man right there. <laughs> ah. Beltran will never tell that story. I just did. I thought it was very endearing on his part. Kid still has it. <laughs> yeah. I think it was endearing because Met fans thought Beltran wanted to be a Yankee. Right. So it was probably good for him to kind of create that, oh, I hate the Yankees vibe, even if it didn't exist. <laughs> so Daniel Jones really wants $45 million. And apparently the Giants may give it to him. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them, with more coming in. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future in vehicles, and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified, diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you, a hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyond zero. Toyota, let's go places. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.